It's time for another episode of Legally Unfiltered. This is attorney Franz Borkart. I'm here with attorney Richard Sprinkle, bringing you stories in the media, legal stories that affect your life. We are Legally Unfiltered. This is a show that airs on Talk 107.3 FM, as well as major podcast channels. You've heard of SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play. So this week, ladies and gentlemen, this week we are talking about cell phones of rape victims. For those who follow us on social media, we started a little promo last week where we said, hey, if you send us in a question on legallyunfiltered at gmail.com and we use that question as a topic for our episode, we will give you a delightful, a beautiful, a functional legally unfiltered black coffee mug so as soon as we posted that oh y'all you also have to shamelessly like the facebook page and like the the twitter page yeah you're not getting it totally for free yeah we get a little love too on this yeah so i got an email from an amanda kraus from baton rouge louisiana hi amanda amanda is actually one of my favorite people in this world she's a cigar smoker and she posed the question about a recent story and by recent i mean april of this year Um, from the United Kingdom about rape victims having to turn over their cell phones, their cell phones and their social media to police when alleging rape. And she said, you know, what do you guys think about that? How would that work in the United States? What's the law in that? So, hey, I think that's what we're going to tackle tackle this week, Richard. Sounds good to me. Um, I'm, I'm certainly glad we don't live in London right now. Right. So, so. First and foremost, before we start, if you like what you're listening to, you can listen to more episodes on www.legallyunfiltered.com. You can also listen Saturday nights at a, excuse me, talk 107.3 FM, um, as well as the podcast channels I told you. And if you want us to talk about a topic on the air, send us an email over to legallyunfiltered at gmail.com. So here's the deal, Richard. Let me Let me set this up for us. In the UK right now, in, 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 in the United Kingdom right now, if you're crying rape, if you're saying, hey, somebody raped me, you may have to turn over your phone, your cell phone, as well as give law enforcement access to your social media. And if you don't do these things, then the case, are you, are you ready? The case may be dismissed. That's right. Okay, so we've, we've seen cell phones as parts and components of, of rape and sexual assault cases. Shoot, recently we saw the Kevin Spacey case get dismissed, dismissed because there was an issue with the victim's cell phone. There was an issue with the victim not wanting to testify right. to So the victim had either, what is it, had either deleted some messages or misplaced something or you know these things happen information gets lost had asserted the fifth amendment now now here's the thing let me be clear we are not saying that rape victims destroy evidence and and be not mistaken the destruction of of messages or or cell phone data in conjunction to an alleged crime could be could be an obstruction of justice obstruction of justice could be any number of things so what's happening in in the UK has spawned some questions about rape victims in the United States. We're Louisiana attorneys, so we're going to talk about it from the perspective of the U.S. What can someone who's accused have access to? What can law enforcement 
have access to under our United States Constitution as a victim. Now, this is important. The victim, the person accusing someone of rape, is not doesn't have the same constitutional safeguards that the accused has, but has them nonetheless, right? So like law enforcement can say, hey, we need to look at your, your cell phone, but to go into a rape victim's cell phone, they would need what? They would need a warrant. Right. You got to have a warrant. That's that's California B, v. Riley. That is the current Flip or, or Riley, yeah, v. Riley California. v. California. Yeah, yeah whatever. It's United States Supreme Court case law right now. So, so yeah. that's Riley. So the victim, the person who's the accuser, could say, I'm not giving you my cell phone. Why do you need my cell phone? And, and, the, and, the, and the officer could either, under our law, get a special type of subpoena. We call it, it's in the Code of Criminal Procedure, but it's a pre-arrest subpoena. Or they could get a warrant for, for the victim's phone. Now, they don't, normally you don't want law enforcement having to get warrants warrants for the accuser's property to search the accuser's property it seems it seems counterintuitive right right but nonetheless nonetheless it's it could be argued that what's on the cell phone could be exculpatory sure could it could affirm or corroborate what the accuser is saying it could it could exonerate someone, maybe. It could. I mean, what does a cell phone, at its core, what does a cell phone provide? It provides GPS tracking. Right. It, it provides data uh, as to what messages had been sent. Um, it is quite an amazing device. So, so, so people are up in arms about this, right? People are not happy about the fact that, that victims may be having to sh- turn over their phones and allow law enforcement to to essentially search them and and why it comes down to who's on trial who's mm-hmm. the accused mm-hmm. you know that's one way of framing it of course right. one way of framing it is to say well you know look this is the accuser why are we why are we scrutinizing what the accuser is saying why are we putting the accuser on trial this is going to make people theoretically less likely less prone um, to make allegations because you're going to be able to get into their private world. And then what's on their phone may become subject to the rest of the world's eyes. And that's the argument in, in the UK is that a lot of victims now are not going to want to come forward. Or at least that's what the victims advocacy groups are arguing for. Um, the police are saying that this is important because a number of rape and serious sexual assault cases absolutely collapsed when crucial evidence emerged off of these cell phones. So are they saying by extension that a lot of accusers are lying? And once they were able to look at the cell phones, they were able to clear. So the other side of this, right? The other side of this is someone is accused of one of the worst crimes in our legal system. I mean, it doesn't just it's not just a legal. It's not just a crime that 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 violates our legal system. It, it violates natural law, right? I mean, this, this whole concept of taking something, um, you know, of raping someone is one of the worst crimes. Absolutely. But that cuts both ways, right? If you're going to accuse someone of the worst crime, shouldn't that person have a right and you be know, entitled to defend themselves? You know, from a philosophical standpoint, it's innocent until proven guilty, right? So right. in this different type of approach the police are wanting those cell phones to prove someone guilty they're not you know or or, or they're just looking to get to the, so the what truth do you, of the matter so so 
police officers should be truth finders, right? Sure. They're like in that sense, they're like they were like jurors. But eventually, the police always pick a side. So if someone is coming, look, if someone's coming forward and saying Bob or Susie raped me, we're we're e- either gender. Somebody raped me, and the police officer says, and you know what this does? What's interesting is this is like the good old fashioned. Do, are you willing to take a lie detector, but worse? Yeah, yeah. Because if Susie says, no, I don't want you to go through my phone, the police officer's antenna is going to go up, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's the bluff. I mean, it's, it's literally calling a bluff, you know, the equivalent of it. Show me your phone. Let's see what you got. Well, and the other thing is that cell phones are two-way objects. So if you were texting somebody... You're going to have the messages theoretically, and that person's going to have the messages theoretically. Right. So, I, you know, I, I struggle with, you know, okay, so here it is. I'm going, to, I'm going to go here. I'm just, we're legally unfiltered. We're not legally filtered. Here's where I'm going to go. If I'm representing someone accused of a crime yeah. and a victim of rape is not willing to turn over their phone, that makes me want to look at their phone. Oh, yeah. Especially if it's a, if it's a, if it's a fact that could be pertinent or germane to the defense of my client yeah. that could lead to an exculpatory element. I want to know, did you try to look at her phone? And if that officer says in a preliminary hearing, she didn't want us to look at that phone. Why not? What's the first thing I'm going to do? Yeah. Well, I'm going to follow subpoena that phone. Yeah. And, and under our law. So, okay. So what we allow for is we have something called Brady motions. Right. So Brady, I want to say Marilyn v. Brady. Is it Brady I v. Think, Marilyn? I, I can't remember, but I mean, so you, Brady. Yeah, it's one or the other. Not that a lot of <laughs> not that a lot of criminal defense attorneys have have read it, but Brady is one of the touchstone cases. It's Brady v. Marilyn. Yeah, it was first right on the first row. How about that? It's one of those touchstone cases that says that all things being what they are, we're entitled. We, the defense team, are entitled to exculpatory evidence. Right. Um. And what does that mean? Meaning any evidence that can prove that the defendant didn't do it or maybe somebody else did it. Exactly. So if we want to look at something like met records, a cell phone that we might otherwise not be entitled to, mm-hmm. we can ask for what's called in our business an in-camera inspection of the device. And that's just a fancy term for... The judge looks at it. There you go. The judge looks at it. Now, we can do all sorts of crazy things. We can ask the court for an order not to tamper with the cell phone. Mm -hmm. More helpfully, we can ask the court to allow us to do a data dump of the cell phone. Right. And to place said data dump under seal or in someone's possession. And, And that's probably the least intrusive because then the person gets their property back. They get their phone back. Well, well, heck, Richard, we just dealt with a case in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. It made national attention, the the, the knock-in trial. That's right. The Max Groover death. We just dealt with a case where the accused the accused was told, hey, you're going to have to tell your, turn your cell phone over for a search warrant. Mm-hmm. The defense attorney is documented saying, hey, look, don't delete any of your messages. Right. And the first thing he did was delete Delete lots of data Mm -hmm. so in our system locally in our system we are allowed in some instances to get access to the rape victim cell phone but in the at the very least what we're allowed to do is to preserve it Mm -hmm. to allow the judge to maybe have access you know once it's in evidence 
Yeah. Once it's in evidence, the public can get their hands on it eventually. Right. Unless there's a protective order filed. Unless there's a protective order, unless uh, yeah, unless the proceedings uh, are under seal, then the the it, it'll be a matter of public record. So who's? I know from a non-legal standpoint the answer to this question: Who's rights Trump? Who's rights? Who gets more rights, the rape victim or the accused? I know that outside of the law, we say rape victim seven days a week. Sure, we we care about the rape victim. The, yeah, the rape victim gets. The, tra- the trauma of a rape alone, the, the defiance of natural order and natural law, that alone just just scratches at our souls when we have a rape victim who, who has had that thing, that precious thing taken from him or her. Mm-hmm. That being said, in the legal system, I'm not sure the rape victim gets more rights than the accused well, until the such time system, that the accused is convicted. Right. In the legal system... As we all know, it's supposed to be 50-50 fair game until somebody's proven guilty. Right. It doesn't feel that way when when uh, when you're in court, but that's the way it's supposed to be. This is a weird... I wonder, like, so from the article that you were, you were talking about, mm-hmm. UK police were basically saying, hey, we, we were finding out, I'm paraphrasing, we were finding out that there were some false allegations... When we started searching these phones, right? Yeah. So I wonder under what context was it? Was it GPS? Like, hey, you weren't in that location. Was it, hey, we never met on a dating app, and, and when in fact you did meet on a dating app, you know? Was it? Was it text messages, exchanges? You know? You know, it's the article's a tad vague as to. Oh, it's very vague. What evidence? Which of, course, which, of course, invites greater scrutiny from victims' advocates, right? Because it's like, wait a minute, who's on trial here? So, yeah, I mean, I, look, in every rape case I've ever had, Richard, and I've, as you know, I've, I've handled a few rape cases or allegations of varying, various shapes and sizes. When we had forensic cell phone or computer information, that tended to exculpate our client, it started with whom? Our client. Right. We were able to data dump the client's cell phone, the client's computer, and then once you know what's on there, once you know what was exchanged, then you can start playing, hey, accuser, you're saying X, Y, and Z. I want to see your cell phone because if your cell phone matches up to my client's cell phone, then you got a problem. Mm -hmm. Now, the problem is, is when your client's cell phone doesn't match up with... Yeah. You know, in terms of maybe or, there's some tampering or some stuff. Or you find stuff on your client's cell phone you really wish you wouldn't have found. Right. So this is kind of a thing now. And now, look, we may shrug our shoulders and say, not in America. This is America. This is this is the United States of America, right? Yeah. Well, this won't happen. This We're not UK. We don't, we, this not, we don't have a queen. Give it a minute. Yeah. So <laughs> I wonder, though, if this is going to be, I mean, and look. We, zealous defense attorneys, we are mandated. I know people don't like us sometimes, but we're mandated to 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 to, to lift open the rabbit hole to to see where things lead us, and and to that end, to that end, you know, we basically we basically have to go and turn over rocks and stones. So yeah, I've asked for victims' medical records before. I've asked for their their psych evaluations and records. Mm-hmm. I've asked for access to certain things. I've asked to see crime scenes, 
But that being said, that being said, is, is are we going the way of now? Because because what we're talking about is law enforcement, law enforcement proactively saying, if you don't give this to us, this is not a court, this is not a jury, this is not this is not a fact finder saying saying we don't believe you because you didn't do X, Y, and Z. We're talking about a law for an investigative law enforcement individual or agency saying, you know what? You didn't give us this. You won't give us this. You won't give us. And social media is even more expansive, right? right. Oh, is it ever? I mean, a cell phone via via what the Supreme Court has said in Riley, a cell phone is it has all these integral parts of your life, right? Cell phone is different. Right. That's the magic language, right? Yes. That is the magic language in Riley. And a cell phone is different. I mean, if I were to open up my cell phone right now, I have I have my emails. I have my my entire law firm. Sure exists on my cell phone same same here yeah yeah i've got i've got personal messages between my wife i've got pictures i've got a picture of my son that was i I, is this me incriminating myself my wife sent a picture of my son eating on our porch naked you can only see him from behind and the and the caption is breakfast al fresco you know (laughs) is that distribution of pornography no but but my point is we have things on our devices we have we have secret thoughts yeah. on our devices, things that are private, things that may have nothing to do with the alleged crime. Intimate information. You're, you could have medical information. You could have HIPAA-protected information. You could have financial information. You could have no limit, literally, but, especially with the cloud, no limit to the information but you may also, accessible. But you may also have information that may lead to the exoneration of an innocent person who's true. wrongfully accused very true now again in the american court system we have this thing that where the judge can examine or the prosecutor could theoretically examine but man you know what does it look what does a judge say when a law enforcement officer is applying for a warrant and says you know what i tried to get a warrant from from rich and rich i mean i mean i tried to get access to rich's phone and rich said he you need to get a warrant and Rich is the accuser. Rich literally has that on his nameplate. Go get a warrant. So, come back with a warrant. That's I'm going to get that as a license plate on my on my vehicle. So we wanted to talk about this, um, and you know, cell phones are becoming part of many facets of our lives. You know, one of the one of our other listeners sent in a, a, a request. He didn't win this week, but he may get a coffee mug nonetheless. Sent in a request about for a quick topic about cell phone and texting while driving right and you know it's you know can the officer look at your phone well he can look at your phone or she can look at your phone when when they get a warrant right so and then in louisiana louisiana is a good example richard of you might look like you're texting but not really be texting right that's right and in fact just being on the phone we're not a we're not a hands-free state are we not yet because I mean that law is written in such a way that you can be dialing, you can be dialing your mom's number, yeah, and typing in mom m o m, and that not necessarily be texting while driving. Right, 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 right. You will not be deemed to be writing, reading, or sending a text if you are re if you read, select, or enter a telephone number or name in a wireless communication device for the purpose of making a telephone call. So if I grab my phone and I type with my thumb, F-R-A-N-Z space B-O-R-G-H-R-D-T, am I not typing a text? I'm not typing a text, but am I not typing something? I appreciate what these laws are trying to do. I'm hoping that over time, 
Richard, I'm hoping that over time things become so voice sensitive. I can I can literally get into my car. It's a newer car. I can get into my car and say, call Richard. And mm-hmm. it connects to my Wi-Fi and all that connect. My Bluetooth connects to Siri. And, you know, I can do all that hands-free. And honestly, when I receive a text message, my fu- my car tells me, Richard sent you a, a te- text message sure. saying X, Y, and Z. And it's pretty, you know what? It's pretty accurate. Yeah. You know, so... You know, I I want I'm I want to be I'm going to track this cell phone rape victim line because I am curious, you know, I'm curious one to see if it's challenged in the UK, but I'm also curious to see if we start seeing it rear its head here. Well, they they say that, you know, such digital information pulled off the phones would only be looked at where it forms a quote reasonable line of inquiry with material going before court only if it meets stringent rules. Now, again, we go to this fairly vague, sorry, BBC, fairly vague article that doesn't really tell me what rules we're talking about, but... Um, vague references to rules vague. in in policies and laws make for terrible policies and laws. Yup. Well, that's about it for this episode of Legally Unfiltered. You've been listening to the sweet sounds of Richard Sprinkle, Franz Borkart. If you'd like what you heard, send us a uh, send us an email over at legallyunfiltered at gmail.com. Or more importantly, leave us some positive love on social media or one of the podcasts. Um, you can also get more information on us at legallyunfiltered.com. Um, if you like radio, you can listen in Baton Rouge at FN 107.3. Um, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. This is strange stuff. We're yeah, it, it's it's nuts. And and correct me if I'm wrong. Isn't vagueness one of the ways we can get law struck down as unconstitutional? Well, yeah, but would a victim have constitutional standing to do that? Maybe so. We'll maybe talk about so. that maybe in in the near future. That's it, folks. Have a great week. The views and opinions expressed in Legally Unfiltered do not constitute legal advice. If you would like legal advice on the topics that we've discussed, send us money. That's right. Go ahead and retain us. Do not, kids, try this at home. <laughs>